You are now listening to the Faith Community Bible Church Podcast. It's our prayer that this message is not only a blessing to you, but to your entire family. Join us as we aim to make Christ known in our community by caring for the community. God bless. Grab your Bibles. Go with me. Go with me, if you will, to Romans chapter 9. Romans chapter 9 is where we'll be today, looking specifically at verses 6 through 13. Y'all, believe it or not, Romans 9 is one of those chapters, y'all, that uh, folks just don't like to talk about. They just ignore, right? And somebody said, well, why are you preaching it? Because we ain't scared. Romans 9, I want to encourage you that if you have not done so, make sure that you go back to the podcast, YouTube, listen to um, sermons from the past, right? It's, it's all stuff there. We, we record these things for you to, for we, we help with your toolbox for you to be able to go back and listen to this stuff time and time again, right? You can, you can catch us on, uh, we, got, we on Google Play, we on Spotify, um, and of course, we on Apple, right? Um, but also on YouTube, look us up, Faith Community Bible Church, St. Louis, right? Um, not only, um, but a, a Faith Community Family, we're also inside of the Church Center app. You can also listen in that way um, as well. Romans 9, beginning at verse 6, here it is. But it is not as though the Word of God has failed, for not all who are descended from Israel belong to Israel. And not all are children of Abraham because they are his offspring. But through Isaac shall your offspring be named. This means that it is not the children of the flesh who are the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted as offspring. For this is what the promise said. About this time next year, I will return and Sarah shall have a son. And not only so, but also when Rebekah had conceived children by one man, our forefather Isaac, though they were not yet born and had done nothing, either good or bad, in order that God's purpose of election might continue, not because of works, but because of him who calls, she was told the older will serve the younger. Verse 13, as it is written, Jacob I loved, but Esau I hated. That is Romans 9, verses 6 through 13. Bow your heads and pray with me. Father, we love you. We honor you. We adore you. We're thankful, God, that you break shackles. We're thankful, God, that even in your word, you have a way of reminding us that whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And we're thankful today, God, that because of your hand, because of your power, that we have the privilege to be in relationship with you. As we look at this text today and unpack this God we're believing you that you're going to speak to us today from your word I pray God that you let the words of my mouth 
and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, my strength and my redeemer. I'm so unworthy, so unworthy to speak for you. But just to know that your hand is on us, it's breathtaking to know that you use broken people to do your will. So be glorified in our time. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may grab your seats this morning. As we all look today at Romans 9, specifically verses 6 through 13, I want to tag this text, if I can, with the thought, Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Y'all, I love a good hymn. I love a good hymn. I, I think that gospel music is really, really good today, and I'm grateful for Todd Galbraith and Tasha Cobbs and all these other folk, but I just love a good hymn. I think about Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. Such rich truth in a hymn. I think about tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Just to take him at his word. Just to know, just, just to rest in his promise. It's, it's something about hymns, but... This week, I'm sitting at home having an intimate relationship with an ice pack, and <laughs> I began to think about my wife and my kids and began to think about faith community. I began to think about the friends that God has surrounded me around, Anderson Shelton and Mike Williams and Lawrence Baker, and one thing, Kenny Petty, came to mind, great is thy faithfulness. When I really began to think through right, all of the bad decisions that I've made in my life, great is thy faithfulness. When I think, began to think about how just like in many times in my life, not only have I suffered from gunshot wounds that I've caused on myself, but other people have suffered from my, my gunshot wounds, how I either shot at people unintentionally. The hymn that came to my mind was great is thy faithfulness. And I began to sing to myself, great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not thy compassions. They fail not as thou hast been. Thou forever will be great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies, I see all I've needed. Thy hand I've provided. Great is thy faithfulness. Lord, unto me, it, it shifted me to take days to really focus on the faithfulness of God. How often do you just sit back and reflect on the faithfulness of God? I know that we tend to focus so much on our right now that we miss the faithfulness of God and all the pain that we experience or all of the trouble that comes our way. But, but really, how often do you really just sit back and be reminded, you know what? Even in the midst of it all, my God has been faithful. People of God, we get excited about a lot of things. There are so many things that we hear or see that 
automatically gets us excited, but I want to share with you one thing that should really excite us, one thing that should stir us, one thing that should make us be in awe of God, one thing that ought to make us run to him, one thing that just ought to make us drop to our knees in spite of our feelings, in spite of our pain, in spite of our right now. We just should really get excited about God because no matter what's happening, our God is faithful. He's faithful. He, 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 we should be in awe of him because of his faithfulness. Here's the main point today, and I promise I'm, I'm going to make it clear to you through these verses, right, on how it's talking about faithfulness. But, but, but the main point that I really want you to grab is that God is faithful in all that he does. And in the event that you needed a reminder, I want you to know, yep, I know life is lifing, right? I know, right, your job is jobbing. And it, like, like, I know, right, you looking for ways to quit. You looking for ways to throw in the towel, right? Marriage is irking you. Friends Friendships is irking you. Kids is irking you. You can't, you're looking forward to winter break because like school is getting on your nerves, but God is faithful in everything that he does. And I want to remind you today, I want to tell you this, right? Like where you are right now, God is faithful. He's faithful in all that he does. And I want you to know, right, that all throughout scripture, we have the privilege as people of God to see God um, being faithful. His faithfulness is a consistent theme all throughout scripture. Come here, Psalm 89. I will sing of the steadfast love of the Lord forever with my mouth. I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I said steadfast love will be built up forever in the heavens. You will establish your faithfulness. Deuteronomy chapter 7. Know therefore that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him, who keep his commandments to a thousand generations and repays to their face those who hate them by destroying them. Like, do you know that God is faithful even in what he destroys? He's faithful. How about lamentations? The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercy uh, never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. It's awesome to know, y'all, that in God's relationship with his people, he's faithful. What what that mean? It means that in God's relationship with his people, he's dependable. In God's relationship with his people, he's loyal. God is stable. God is faithful. Listen, the faithfulness of God is the source for the blood ball. It's the source for all Christians, right? Think about it. That the faithfulness of God is the source of the Christian's deliverance from temptation. The faithfulness of God is our source for assurance of salvation. The faithfulness of God is the source even for our forgiveness of sin. Those who God, through his faithfulness, have chosen, the text uses this word election, right? Um, Those who God, through his faithfulness, has elected or chosen because he is faithful in all his dealings, y'all, we should also be faithful in all of our dealings. His faithfulness should be so deeply reflected in our lives, y'all, that just as God is called faithful, guess what we should be called? Faithful. God is faithful in all that he does. And saying that God is faithful simply means that he will always do what he said. He will always do what he promises. Listen, 
everything that God has promised will come to pass. His faithfulness guarantees that fact. Listen, God does not lie. Come here, Numbers 23, 19. God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man to repent. But if he speak a thing, he's going to do it. What he has said in his word is true about himself. Jesus even said that he is the truth. And this is extremely important for those of us who follow Jesus because it's on his faithfulness that our hope of eternal life rests. Hear this. God will honor his promise, y'all, that our sins will be forgiven and that we will forever be with him. His, he's faithful in his choices. God is faithful in everything that he does. Even in God's choosing, y'all, who would be in relationship with him? He's faithful. The greatest faithful attribute of God is him choosing to be in relationship with us. Think about it. Things that would have left, th- things that you, things that we, Simone, would have left people for. Things that we would have left people for. God stayed faithful in a relationship. When you was lying to him, lying on him, he still stayed faithful in relationship to you. Somebody lie to you, you say you do anything you want, just don't lie to me. If you lie to me, it's over. One lie, you gone. Ten million, God is still with you. He's faithful. Even when you cheated on God, He still was faithful to you in relationship, but somebody cheated on you, everything out the door. You chucking them the deuces. God said, but you've been cheating on me all your life. But he stayed faithful. Even when we were bad stewards to God, doing whatever we wanted to do with our money when it was really his, he still remained faithful. You wasn't giving him your time, right? He still remained faithful. You wasn't giving him no communication. He still said, I know you don't talk to me, but I still want you, so I'm still waiting. You know, you know it's interesting. Even, right, even in our, in our bad decisions, God still saying, come unto me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. That's his faithfulness. Even when you were discontent with what God gave you because you thought you deserved more. Guess what he still did? He he kept on giving to you. He's faithful. The joy of God's faithfulness is that he chose us or elected us to be in relationship with him. Even in his election, he's faithful. Think about it. Election. The text uses this word election. Election is, is the gracious and free act of God by which he chooses those who are part of his kingdom and and special beneficiaries of his love and blessings. He doesn't choose us, y'all. He doesn't elect us, if will, because of something that we're able to do. He chooses us. He elects us simply because, hear this, you may want to write this down, because he chooses to. He elects us because he chooses to, not because we do things so well, not because we are so smart, not because we are so gifted, not because we do things so well, but God elects us. He chooses us simply because he chooses to. And I know we live in this culture where we, we, we all have gotten so deep and we just can't swim, but hear the reality, right? God chooses because he chooses. Yeah. He chooses because he chooses, not because we do things well, 
not because we behave well, not even because we, we trust him 100%, or even because we deserve it. It's his choice. It's his choice, right? Y'all remember Romans 8, and we know that God uh, causes all things to work together for the good of those who love him, who are the called according to his purpose for those who he foreknew. He also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son so that he would be the firstborn among many brothers. Hear this, God's foreknowledge. God's foreknowledge is much more than just foresight. The foreknowledge of God is much more than just foresight. God doesn't know the future events and actions of me because he foresees them. He knows them because he wills them to happen. He knows them because he wills them to happen. It's his choice. It's an act of his will, right? Read, I, I promise you, right, you'll see that in places like Psalm 139, Revelation chapter 1, right? Read it. Read the text for what the text is saying, not based off of your experiences. And you'll begin to see that God chooses because he chooses to. It's all an act of his will. God choosing people to be in relationship with him, it's his sovereign choice. It wasn't based upon anything that we could or could not do. He's faithful that even when we wasn't thinking of him, he was still concerned about us. When we were faithless, Scripture says he was faithful. God, even in the midst of our faithlessness, still keeps his promises. God is faithful in all that he does in Paul. Paul here in this text helps us really to see just that. He's here describing, if will, God's sovereign choice of his people. Paul here in this text discusses the component of God's sovereign choice in the context of the Israelites, right? He explores really this idea that not all physical descendants of Abraham are necessarily considered the true children of God, emphasizing really the importance of faith and God's elective purposes. Hear this. Everything that has taken place in redemptive history has been due to God's faithfulness to the promise he gave Abraham and his descendants. Now, y'all, we've preached through Genesis 12, right, before, but I want to remind you of, of the promise that God made to Abraham in Genesis 12. He said, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. And so you shall be a blessing, and I will bless those who bless you. And the one who curses you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. Because the promises were made both to Abraham and his descendants, they did not become void when Abraham died or when the law came. The same promises that he made and kept with his people then is the same promises that he's making and keeping with his people today. The problem for Paul was how could Israel, as a recipient of all of these blessings, failed not only to receive, but also recognize the promised Messiah. But Paul, as he, as he talks to them, he answers them. He, he reminds them that God elected Abraham, but not all the descendants of Abraham receive his promise because they were rejecting the truth. Right? Y'all remember Romans 1, they exchanged the truth of God for a lie. It's almost like what we see today. Many churches, right, you might as well put a casket up in the front. We're attending God's funeral and not a worship service because we've exchanged the truth of God for a lie. Paul answered them 
They wouldn't receive the promise simply because God didn't choose them to. And I know that's hard for us to wrap our minds around because how can a God so loving and so gracious, right, choose some and not choose others? I'm going to answer the question for you because he chooses to. One could also ask the question, right, why would God keep on blessing you knowing that you ain't a good steward over your time and nothing else? Because he chooses to. They wouldn't receive the promise simply because God didn't choose them to. It was not up to Abraham to choose the son who would be the recipient of God's blessings because man cannot and does not dictate to God. I know we tried to. Y- y'all ever had a conversation when you say, I told God. Come again. We cannot dictate to God because God is sovereign, meaning that he's in 100% control of all things. Our God is sovereign. He's a sovereign God who chooses upon whom he will bestow his blessings, right? Uh, Again, not all of Abraham's seed are true descendants from the perspective of God's eternal purpose and sovereign election. The choice of God had nothing at all. The choice of God, hand being on your life, has nothing to do with your character, nothing to do with your worth, nothing to do with what you wanted, or even in, 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 in Israelite time, nothing to do with what they wanted, nothing to do with what they chose, it had nothing to do with who they hung out with. It was a matter of God's eternal purpose and his sovereign choice. God's desire for Israel, y'all, was that they would go and teach others about him. And as genuinely converted, blood-bought believers, we ought to be faithfully committed, devoted to not only growing in him, but also spreading the aroma of Christ every opportunity that we get. Yeah, it's God's sovereign choice. Uh -uh. It's God's sovereign choice to choose who will be in relationship with him. But since we don't have the unique knowledge of God that enables him to know all events and acts of man before they happen, we have to be faithful in telling others about the Lord. I don't know who the elect are. I don't know who he's chosen, but I do know that he's powerful, he's sovereign, and he's choosing people. And I don't want the, I don't want people that he desires to be in relationship with to miss it. So therefore, I'm going to stake even my life, right? I'm, I'm, I got to be willing to give up something for his elect to be in relationship with him. God is faithful, and so should we be. God is faithful. And all that he does, how often do you just think about that? Isn't it something? We have created a culture to where we begin to argue so much on how God chooses or who God elects, just, and, and we forget to celebrate the fact that he still chooses. What if we put as much energy behind sharing the gospel as we did who God chooses? What if we put as much energy behind growing in our relationship with Jesus as we did what's really being said here. What we'll begin to see is that God really chooses because he chooses to. And because he's faithful in all that he does, I want to be faithful with all that he's placed in my hands. God is faithful in all that he does. But how does his faithfulness display? How how does Paul put that on display here in this text? What I love here is that as God here or as Paul really talks to the, to, to the Romans here, right, he shows three ways that God puts his faithfulness on display. 
three ways. Number one, he puts his faithfulness on display with his word. He puts his faithfulness on display in his word. Watch what he says, verses 6 and 7. I love this. He said, but it is not as though the word of God has failed. Right? He said, it is not as though the word of God has failed, for not all who are descendants from Israel belong to Israel, and not all are children of Abraham because they are his offspring, but through Isaac shall your offspring be named. He puts his faithfulness on display in his word. How? Because his word, y'all know what he said, right? His word will not return unto him void, but it's going to accomplish all that he says for it to accomplish, right? God is faithful. Think about it. Therefore, if, if the nation of Israel, Abraham's physical descendants, has rejected God's word, does this, this does not nullify God's elective purpose at all. God told Abraham that he will make him a father of many nations, and he was going to keep that word regardless to what Abraham did, regardless to what his descendants did. God making that promise to Abraham, it wasn't because Abraham was so good. It was because God was so sovereign. It was because God was so gracious. It was because God was so faithful. The promises that God has made to you, there's nothing that you can do to nullify what God is doing and saying because he's faithful to his word. He's faithful. He's faithful. Why? Why does God keep his word? You may want to write this down because this is it's going to get real deep here. Not really. He keeps his word because he's God. He's God. And he's faithful to his word. His word won't fail. God displays his faithfulness through his word. God is faithful to keep his word. I love Psalm 105. He is mindful of his covenant and forever is imprinted on our hearts the word which he commanded and established to a thousand generations. How about 2 Timothy chapter 2? If we are faithless, he remains faithful, right? For he cannot deny himself. Or how about 1 Kings chapter 8, blessed be the Lord who has given rest to his people Israel according to all that he promised. Not one word has failed of all good promise which he promised through Moses his servant. Or how about Hebrews 10, 23, he who promised is reliable and faithful to his word. Hear this, right? God, God displays his faithfulness to you through his word. Well, pastor, you telling me that God doesn't, uh, that God displays his faithfulness through his word. Well, how come I have a hard time seeing it? Here's the question. What are your study habits like? How, how much time are you really spending with God? I was having a conversation with my wife um, this week, and I asked her a question. We was talking about the five love languages. Right. And I, like, I have a love hate relationship, Pastor Durham, with the five love languages, because while love language ain't biblical, so good. It just helps. Right. And I said, babe, if God had a love language, what would his love language be? She said, hmm. Acts of service. Maybe gifts. I said, well, babe, I want to challenge that. I think God's love language is quality time. She said, why? 
I said, I think it would be quality time because the more time you spend with God, you're going to want to give him gifts. The more time you spend with him, you're going to want to serve him. The more time you spend with God, right, the more his word will affirm, right? It's like, man, like, if I really love God, then I'll begin to wrap my mind around the reality that he's faithful to his word. I just got to spend time with him. What is your time with God like? God, within his faithfulness, he cannot fail. He's completely sovereign. He controls all things. He cannot fail. His word cannot fail fail. If he said it, that settles it, right? I I love, right, Isaiah 55, for as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the soil and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that comes out of my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. Let me tell you, people of God, we can depend on God's merciful response, right? Because um, God's word of promise, unlike sinful human plans, are always realized just as rain does not reverse its course but falls to the ground and makes the farmer's crops fruitful. So God does not take back um, his word of promise but rather brings it to fulfillment. He does displays his faithfulness through his word. Think about your own life. When God spoke something to you that can be confirmed in his word, did he do it? Not because we deserve it, but because he's faithful to his word. I will tell you, we don't need another political uprising. We don't need another conqueror on the scene. What we need is a special word that will burn within our hearts and give direction from above. We need a word from the Lord, a word from the Lord, because his word is true and he's faithful to it. God is faithful in all that he does, and he puts that on display, number one, in his word. But number two, not only does God display his faithfulness through his word, but number two, he displays it through his assurance. What does this mean, assurance? Let's look at the text, verse 8. This means that it is not the children of the flesh who are the children of God, but the children, here it is, of the promise are counted as offspring. For this is what the promise said. About this time next year, I will return and Sarah shall have a son. And not only so, but also when Rebekah had conceived children by one man, our forefather Isaac, though they were not yet born and had done nothing either good or bad, in order that God's purpose of election might continue, not because of works, but because of him who calls, him, he who invites, he who summons, right? God displays his faithfulness through his assurance. What is assurance? He displays his faithfulness through his assurance, meaning that God is faithful to his promises. He displays his faithfulness by keeping his 
promises because God's word cannot fail. We know that if you are his, then you are his. If you are his, he keeps his promises. We are all accustomed to promises. We're accustomed to seeing promises made. We're accustomed to seeing promises broken. Anybody who's lived a number of years would, would never set claim to having kept every promise that they ever made. There are many reasons why that's true, but sometimes, y'all, we forget. Sometimes we're negligent. And sometimes, y'all, it may be due to circumstances beyond our control. But hear this, rest assured that our God is so faithful that if he make a promise, you can take it to the bank. You can rest assured today that God is faithful to every promise that he makes. I love, right, Genesis 18, the Lord said, I will surely return to you about this time next year. And Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. Paul, as he talks here to the church at Rome, begins to remind them of the promise that God made in Genesis 18. He said, and Sarah was listening at the tent door behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah are old, advanced in years. The way of women had ceased to be with Sarah. So Sarah laughed to herself saying, after I'm worn out and my Lord is old, I shall have pleasure. I almost gave y'all the Michael Standard version, but y'all don't want that. Right? I'm still trying to recover from the other illustration a couple weeks ago. <laughs> What he does here, right, is he, he, he reminds them, hey, do you know, right, that I made a promise to Abraham and Sarah, and I kept that promise? Certainly, if I can make this barren woman produce something at an old age, the promises that I made to you, I can bring those to fruition too. God made a promise to Sarah and her husband that at the time when she was unable to bear seed that she would. When God made the promise, they responded with uncertainty as many of us do. What? For real? At, at this old age, you want to allow, so Sarah's like, you want to allow the rivers to flow at this age? Abraham like, for real? At this age, you want to allow me to plant a seed? It's interesting. That even though God displays his faithfulness and his assurance and keeping his promises to us, there are so many promises that God has kept to us. But still, today, when he makes a promise to you, we still question it. We still second guess it. I like, it's something, it's interesting, right? Genesis 17, 17 talks about how Abraham's response to God's promise, he fell on his face and laughed. God's making promises to you, and instead of you taking them at his word, you laughing at him. Yeah, right, God. God's saying, hey, I want to use you to see people come to him and you me. <laughs> yeah, right. I want to I wanna use you to do this. I want to use you to do that. I want to see you do this. And you're like, <laughs> yeah, right. But God is saying, listen, certainly if Sarah can produce a seed at a younger age, certainly I can use you too. My question for you today is that the promises that God has made to you, will you respond with uncertainty or, you, or will you respond trusting and knowing that God is faithful to complete it? Y'all do know what the words say, though. He who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. Understand that things don't happen when we want them to. 
but rather when God wants them to. God is faithful to us, and he displays it by his assurance. If God said it, we can rest assured that he's going to do just what he said. God is faithful to his promises. What has God promised to you? Know that if God said it, he's going to do it. Just because it hasn't happened yet, it doesn't mean that he forgot. Just because you haven't seen it happen don't mean that right, he's taking his hands off. Just because it hasn't happened yet, don't lose hope. It'll happen at the right time. He's faithful to his promises. Well, what has God promised you? Let me, let me tell you some of the promises that we know for a fact that God has made to you that we don't need you to forget. God has promised that he's going to supply all of your need according to his riches and glory. Philippians 4:19. God has promised you that his grace is sufficient for you. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. God has promised that his children will not be overtaken with temptation. Instead, he assures us that a way of escape will be provided. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. God has promised us victory over death, right? God has promised, Romans 8, 28, that all things work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose, right? Romans 8. God has promised that those who believe in Jesus will be saved. That's Mark 16. God has promise that no matter what's going on in your life right now, you will have eternal life. That's John 10. God promised that he came that you might have life and life more abundantly. That's John chapter 3. God has promised you, right, that because you're in him, you will have a new life, right? 2 Corinthians 5, 17. God has promised you that he will never leave you nor forsake you. That's Matthew 28. God has promised you that every step of the way, his hand will be on you. We know that God is faithful because he displays it through his promises. I know we forget it because it don't happen fast enough. Notice, notice, nowhere in scripture do we see that when God made promises to people, he promised them a new car. Nowhere in scripture do we see where he promised a house. But when he did promise the elect is a relationship with him, because that's what matters most. That, it doesn't mean, right, that he doesn't want you to have these things, but, but more than those things, he wants you to have him. And he promises you that he's going to be there. God is faithful to us, and he displays it through his assurance of God said that we can rest assured that he's going to do what he said. God is faithful. To his promises, he displays it in his assurance. Y'all, I grew up around some older folks, and I heard it this way, blessed assurance. Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine, heir of salvation, purchase of God, born in his spirit, washed in his blood. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. Perfect submission. Perfect delight. Visions of rapture now burst at his sight. Angels descending bring from above echoes of mercy, whispers of love. This is my story. This is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. God is faithful, and he displays it through his blessed assurance. 
God has made, made his promises and he's going to keep it. He's faithful in everything that he does. Don't forget it. Just because, right, it ain't happening on your timetable don't mean he forgot. He made promises and he's going to keep them. He's faithful. He's faithful. God is faithful. Not only, and he, he shows that to us. Not only he displays it not only in his word. Not only does he display it in his assurance. The final point, number three. He displays it in his decisions. He displays in his decisions. Throughout this text, God's faithfulness is revealed to us. Because his word can't fail. We saw that, right? Because he keeps his promises. We see that talking about Abraham and Sarah. But number three, he displays it in his decisions. Look at these verses 11 through 13. <laughs> Though they were not yet born and had done nothing either good or bad in order that God's purpose of election might continue, not because of works, but because of him who calls, she was told, the older will serve the younger. As it is written, Jacob I loved, but Esau I hated. The mere fact that God made his choice of Jacob before they were born apart from personal marriage demonstrates that election or choice unto spiritual life is unrelated to any human effort and is based only on God's decision to choose whoever he wants. God's choice is not based on our works, but on the purpose of his grace. What, what, what are we saying? God sticks by his decisions. Think about it for a minute. God is displaying his faithfulness by simply choosing you. Have you done some things wrong? Yes. Have you not always been where you need to be? Yes. Have you in some of your actions rejected God? Yes. But he's still faithful in his, in his decision of choosing you. He displays his faithfulness to you by still choosing to be in relationship with you. He, it, let me tell you this. God is not changing his mind about you. He still wants you. Well, why does God want me? But Pastor Mike, why does God, why does a faithful God want an unfaithful so-and-so like me? I don't pray like I should. I don't spend enough time with them. I don't even read my word. I don't even like coming to church. I don't want to be around y'all. Why does God want me? I'm going to tell you. Because even if you wouldn't have did all that, you still be, wouldn't be worthy enough for him anyway. That's what makes salvation such a great gift. He isn't changing his mind about you. Come here, 1 Samuel 15. He who is the glory of Israel does not lie or change his mind, for he is not a man that he should change his mind. He's not changing his mind. He still wants you. Come here, Psalm 110. The Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. He wants you. It's interesting, our government, right, y'all seen the poster, Uncle Sam, he wants you, right? The government's wanting you is based on conditions, but God's wanting you is based on nothing that you can ever do, but based off of who he is. He, you can take to the bank that he's faithful in his decisions. God wants you. James 1.17, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He displays his faithfulness in his decisions. He wants you. 
I love how Romans 11 puts it, for God does not change his mind about whom he chooses or whom he blesses. Let me tell you, God does not regret blessing you. He does not regret choosing you. Yeah, you may squander your relationship. You may misappropriate your blessing, but he ain't regretting that because he's faithful. God is faithful to fulfill every word that he has spoken. Understand that there is nothing that we can do to thwart God's plan. Everything that is happening in our life right now is orchestrated by God for his glory and our good. He's using, every, let me tell you, right, I know you feel abandoned by God because it hurts. I know, right, you think that God has forgotten about you. But everything that's happening in your life right now, he's using it right now to fortify his relationship with you. He chose you to be in relationship with you. Listen, God displays his faithfulness. In his word, in his assurance, and in his decisions, God is for you. Like, I need you to hear that, right? On December 3rd, 2023, let it be a reminder. God is for you. Think about it this way. He's for you in the morning. He's for you in the evening. In your coming, he's for you. In your going, he's for you. In your weeping, he's for you. In your rejoicing, he is for you. May his favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children. May his presence go before you and behind you and beside you, all around you and within you. He is with you. God is for you. He is faithful to his promises. And I know it's easy to forget it. I know it's easy, right, to lose track sometimes because life be life. But God chose you for relationship with, with him. Displaying to you that through it all. Thank you for listening to the Faith Community Bible Church podcast. We hope you were encouraged by the message on today. To respond to today's message, please go to fcbcstl.com forward slash respond. If you would like to give to support the mission and vision of Faith Community Bible Church, you can go to fcbcstl.com forward slash give. God bless.